Why? Why? Because I am always on your left. Right. You're always on my left. <laughs> and I can't see the pages. You can move this anywhere you need to. Okay. To, All right. Like, okay. Okay. Well, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Adulting 101, huh? Yes. So the name of our sermon, if you noticed in the uh, bulletin, is adulting, as in, I don't want to today. And we've all heard that. So that's where we're coming from today. You probably know we have a grandson. You putting it close? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There he is. As all kids, we want to mimic what adults are doing. We had a handyman, George, over to our house, and he was doing a little carpentry work, and he was level, looking at the level and leveling things up, and Andrew was watching him, just watching every little thing he was doing. And as soon as George put that down to do something, Andrew picked up that level and put it right on the wall like he knew what he was doing, like he could read it. But isn't that what kids like to do? They like to imitate us. Now, throughout the day, little things that George did, Andrew watched and imitated. Cutting a gas line pipe, cutting a water line pipe. Andrew picked up the pipe cutter and tried to cut pipe. He didn't know all how to do it, but he was, did it to mimic it. But that's how we all are. We mimic things. We as adults, we like to mimic things too also. We have heroes in our lives that we look to, whether it's a fictional hero or whether it's a spiritual hero that we have, whether it's a mentor that's in our lives, whether it's a, a spiritual giant in our lives, we look to them. Scripture even tells us that we are to be imitators, but really imitators of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. You know, the list could go on of, of who we could be imitating, but we want to get back to adulting there we go i don't want to adult today you know our kids growing up and i know a lot of you have um, children that have grown up too and some of you have children that are growing up so you'll be experiencing this um, they all want to be older and they all want to be more of an adult than what they really are don't mm. shake your head mac there i see you <laughs> <laughs> Our kids couldn't wait to be teenagers when they were like 11 and 12. They wanted to be 13. And when they were 13, they wanted to be 16. And when they were 16, they wanted to be 18 and out of high school. And when they were out of high school, they wanted to be done with college. Yep, see? See? It is you. And, <laughs> and they wanted to be 21. And then they, my, our kids went for their master's degrees. So they wanted to finish their master's degrees. And each time they were in one phase, they couldn't wait to get through that and be on to the next phase. And then, well, they had careers. And then they wanted to own homes instead of rent, right? That's adulting. And we kept telling them, encouraging them, yes, but saying, don't be in such a rush. And then they got there, and then they owned a house, and then we started getting phone calls. This broke, that broke. <laughs> I don't want to adult. I don't want to adult anymore. And we're like, we told you to rent. Like, <laughs> your landlord would have covered the awning that was blown off of your house 
during a windstorm, but you needed to adult and move on, and so there we are. Um, but you know, every advancement, no matter where we are in life, even if it's our spiritual advancement, brings more responsibility. So this shirt that we're showing, we actually bought for our youngest daughter um, three years ago. She was driving one hour um, to Mercer to work in the state prison and then driving another hour back. And she was pregnant with, you know, we have a grandson, <laughs> right? So she was pregnant with him. I know, shocking. <laughs> I hear something you may not know. We have number two on the way. Very excited. Yes, cannot wait. Um, we're, you know, the two and a half year old is really, we're looking for a cute little baby. Not that he isn't cute and he's wonderful, but he is exhausting. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a lot for her. And especially she was driving through these winter storms. Truthfully, we didn't let her adult so much. We would pick her up in the morning and drive her all the way to Mercer and drive back home again so that because it stressed her out so much that I just, as a mother, I couldn't stand it. I'm like, I don't want you to adult today. We'll do it. And so, <laughs> and so that's what we did. But she was the one that in particular flat out said, I don't want to adult today. So this shirt fit her perfectly. She's like, it's too hard. There's got to be an easier way. I deserve an easier way. I've worked hard all, my, all this time. I don't have to adult. You can't make me and I'm not going to do it. That's what she had to say. Each of our children had their own version of, I don't want to adult today. And don't we all have that version and feel that way sometimes, no matter how old we are? I felt that way a lot lately, honestly. But we aren't talking about just generalized adulting. We are talking really today about spiritual adulting, which is even more critical in our life. So let's get started with that idea, spiritual adulting. So our main scripture for today is Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. If anyone needs a Bible, stick up their hand and we'll get a Bible ran to you. It's up also on the board if you don't want a board. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their power of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. As we were finalizing our outline based on this scripture, this is what God was telling us as we were refining it. You know, we always like those, as pastors, we always like those catchy phrases. So we got, we, we, you know, you have to align the W's or the P's or whatever. So we, we aligned the where's. So we have three questions. Where are you? Where should you be? And where do you go from here? They sound simple enough, don't they? No. <laughs> Not at all. Always her reaction. <laughs> so let's dive into this. Where are you? Our, our first verse, Hebrews 5, 12, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. In my Bible, there, this is under a heading 
called apostasy. So I'm going, I probably have to break that down. So I went to the Bible dictionary and said, what is apostasy? According to the Bible dictionary, it's the act of refusing to continue to follow or obey or recognize of a religious faith or abandonment of a previous loyalty, sort of like a defection. See, the writer of Hebrews, we really don't know who it is. Some people say it's Paul, but we really don't know. It really doesn't matter. It's full, packed full of great scripture for us, great insights for us. So the writer was telling these Jewish people at the time, you should be further along than you are, so why aren't you? He was looking at the results and not seeing the results that there should be. You know, I looked it, looked it up a little, and it said some, some scholars cite that they were getting pressure by the Jewish church to be more Jewish, but other people were saying they just got to a point they just got happy in where they was. So it was sort of the status quo. Don't we all get in that status quo of, I'm doing okay. I don't need to dig deeper. I don't need to do anything else. I'm getting, I'm getting fed each week, and that's all we need, isn't it? Not really. See, our Christian life starts out very similar to our own physical life. We grow. We eat. We go from milk we go into food, and we continue to grow. Now, if we stayed on milk, we wouldn't grow too much, would we, as, a, as we're growing up? We would be small, maybe be that like that runt. But that's not what God wants us. God wants us to grow, and he wants us to grow spiritually too as we involve ourselves into spiritual lives, into spiritual practices. But, you know, life gets in the way too when we get old. We do get busy. We do get our own children, our own grandchildren. We get lazy. We get tired. We even say, I don't want an adult today. It's so funny how many, many times we've heard that in the last two weeks. I don't want to adult today from other people. It's amazing. So I'm going to back us up just a little bit and start telling you what typically happens when we are invited to preach and fill in. Most of the time, we just automatically say yes because we feel that that person, that pastor prayed and God sent them to us. And we really don't tell God no, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> most of the time, exactly. We try not to anyway, but that's a whole other sermons some other day. Whoa. Um, but most of the time it is a yes. And then shortly thereafter, Randy, somehow God gives him this title. And he came running up the, the steps and said, the title this time is adulting. And I looked at him like, what? What am I going to do with adulting scripturally? I don't know. Um, but, you know, we thought about it and we worked on it. Of course, well, really God was working on it in us and having us think about it. So as Pastor Herb was preaching and sharing different things, Randy and I were sitting right over there going, adulting, adulting, that's adulting. And we're like, oh, okay, so there is spiritual adulting. Um, so I've been stuck with this word adulting in my head all week long for two weeks, two weeks. pondering this and thinking, where am I? 
am I adulting? Am I spiritually adulting? Do I need milk again? Can I eat solid food? I'm just not sure. And that's why we're asking the question, where am I? Just that one word had me looking at my entire life, questioning which choice is adulting in general and which choices are spiritually adulting. Sometimes, okay, maybe more than sometimes, okay, maybe often, I am known to groan, I don't want to adult today, it's too hard. I wonder where my daughter got that from. I don't know. Sometimes we inherit things. <laughs> um, <laughs> the question we are answering, though, is where are you? So let me start with um, an insight that God gave me while I was pondering adulting and this sermon and spiritual adulting while baking my mother yet another Texas sheet cake. You know, because God can talk to you and give you life lessons no matter what you're doing. So Texas sheet cake, um, I have been making, as you all pretty much know, my mom's been very sick since uh, late June. And one of the things that she has enjoyed eating, which is very few, is um, my Texas sheet cake. And I have made it so often that I can now pretty much do it without the recipe. Um, but, so it's been once a week, like since August. Um, so I'm making this Texas sheet cake now Here's been my problem since my mom got sick. You all didn't know me so much back in the summer, the early spring, whatever. Anyway, I lost some weight. And once my mom got sick, I started gaining weight. And it's all been stress. And so my way of dealing with stress uh, is eating. And I love the Texas She Cake batter. And I love the Texas sheet cake icing when it's hot. <laughs> and so I've been doing that a lot lately, and I've been putting weight back on. And so I had to look at this and go, okay, where am I? Well, this is where I'm at. I'm struggling. I'm trying to st break that habit. And Ashley will tell you that once you start putting chocolate in particular or sugar into your body again, it's really hard to stop that. And once I got into the habit of, you know, leaving a little batter in the bowl, a little icing in the pot, it was really hard not to. So it's a new year, it's a new me, right? 2022. I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm going to try. And so I, I've made now two cakes without eating any of the batter. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. Yay! I would like to say that I turned to God, and I have... But quite frankly, that was not enough to get me to stop eating the Texas sheet cake batter, or anything else for that matter. Um, and so I, you know, but so last week I put my foot down and said, I'm not going to do it. And I did it. But this week I'm pondering spiritual adulting and I'm recognizing that, hey, you're returning more to the Texas sheet cake than you were to God. And you were letting the Texas sheet cake answer your problem more than you were God. And so where am I? Well, I'm struggling. <laughs> I am trying to get back on track. I am trying to spiritually adult, and I'm trying to um, not eat the Texas sheet cake batter. So that's where I'm at. Um, where should you be? We're finding that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down and into him and let your lives be built on him. 
then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. You know, this scripture was part of our, if you are following the scripture readings, it was part of the scripture reading in the first week of January. And the truth is, I was behind because I made other spiritual choices and didn't read on time. And so I was not reading it until the Saturday after. That was on Thursday. I didn't read it till Saturday. So one could say I was not adulting, spiritually adulting, because I wasn't staying on track. But here's what God did. He gave me those days to contemplate spiritual adulting. And when I read this scripture, this light bulb went off, and I finally understood what Randy was talking about. And it actually really got me excited because it reminded me of the beginning of my journey, which was very exciting and very new. And my journey with Jesus was awesome, and I was changing, changed my heart, oh God. That was one of my favorite songs in the very beginning in my prayer. Um, time as well at, at that time because I really wanted to change. I knew I needed to change and I wanted God to change me and so I would sing that song and pray that song um, and I, he did change me. So he changed my life, he changed how I saw myself and others. Um, God loved me and I loved God and it seemed so easy and effortless and exciting at that time. <laughs> but fast forward quite a few years now, it seems difficult, sometimes like Climbing uphill both ways in the snow without shoes, hard. You see, <laughs> I thought so for today. <laughs> because you see, in the beginning, everything was new and it was exciting. And here's what was happening. God was changing me, but all of that was surface dirt. And it was all just right on the surface. But we've got to get deeper than that. You see, the journey is never ending. And now I'm working more on um, the symptom. We're not working, no longer working on the symptom, actually. I'm working on the root cause of things that disconnect me from God, like Texas sheet cake, um, or whatever you want to put in place of my Texas sheet cake issue. It's not everybody's issue, and I'm not telling you not to eat the batter. <laughs> I can't totally even say that I won't ever eat the batter again, but I probably won't enjoy it as much as I used to. This adulting, it, this is adulting, and it is hard. You see, our journey has to continue until God calls us home. And this is from Warren Zevon, my a friend of mine that just passed away last month. Will be thrilled in heaven that I used Warren Zevon in a script in a sermon. He says we are on a nightly. There is a nightly train called when all is said and done. And so at some point in our life, all will be said and done, and we will be on that train to heaven. And in that time, from now until then, our roots in Jesus have to go deep, and our faith has to grow stronger, and that's by spiritual adulting. And going with deeper and stronger roots, sometimes it gets you to that last part that last phrase, you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, a few years ago, a former pastor challenged us to be thankful in all things. And he said, in lieu of us going and praying and asking and asking and asking God, we're to go to God and thank Him for what's happening and thank Him that He's using doctors and thank Him that He's got the answer to that problem for those people for whoever we're talk, 
talking about or praying about. He's got an answer. So start thanking him. So I started doing that. And it changed my, it's a very unique habit that I start thanking God for everything, even the little things in life. You know, when I fell through the deck, as, as we had in a sermon earlier in the summer, when I fell through that deck and landed 10 feet down, I th- the first thing out of my mind was, thank you, God, that I'm still alive. I didn't know all my injuries at the time, but it was, thank you, God. And throughout the whole ordeal, thank you, God, for EMTs that can assess what's wrong with me, can pick me up, put me in, in the ambulance, Give me the drugs I need. Get me to the hospital. I thank God all the way to the hospital. I thank God in the trauma center for all the doctors. There was probably 30 people around me doing all kinds of things, trying to assess what was wrong. I kept thanking in my brain, thanking God for all these people who were trained to do this trauma, split-second decisions. They they were asking, asking me so many questions. It was like, I couldn't answer them all because they were asking, everybody was asking things so quickly. But I continued, thank God. And even I had a smile on my face and they couldn't understand the smile on my face. And it was because of God. It was because I was, being, I, I was already rooted in and my thankfulness could overflow just like the scripture says. It's what adulting is all about. This reminds me, though, of one of Terry's favorite verses. She was wondering how I was going to get this in the sermon. She really was. And she went to bed last night, and I was still working on the sermon. And when she got up this morning to read it, she goes, it's there. I did it. Because I was so concentrating on spiritual adulting that I... I know you're not going to believe this. I didn't think about Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Believing in that and living that is spiritual adulting. And so, yes, thank you for getting that back in there because I've told you that I will find a way. But Randy found the way this time, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm now happy and complete with this sermon. But before... <laughs> But before we move on, let me apply this question to where should you be? You know, did my Texas sheet cake aha moment? I'm still working on this. I've done it twice. I got a long year to go. Um, But I'm trying. That's what we need to do. We need to try. We need to keep working at it. We need to keep recognizing where we kind of maybe failed Mm -hmm. or fell apart. Oh. No, I deserve an easier way. Is that what you're pointing me to? Yep. I deserve to eat that Texas sheet cake. <laughs> That's what she was telling me this morning. <laughs> yes, I've worked hard. I deserve that cake. No, I don't. My body is telling me absolutely not. And so is my mind and now my heart. So when everything lines up, it's a lot easier. Um, but what I do want to do when I'm trying to recognize more is where I'm struggling and where, I'm, where the stress is, and trying to handle it without eating the batter, but really trying to rely even more on God than I already do, and let him take care of it instead of the Texas sheet cake icing. Where do you go from here? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, from the ESV version. 
Let us hold fast the confessions of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting and meeting together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and more as you see the day the day dawning, drawing near. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Until we have all attained to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of statue of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking in truth in love. We are to grow up in every way to him who is ahead unto Christ. The writer of Hebrews was writing this as a solid foundation for what we need to do in fellowship. So what we need to spur one another on. It's sort of that right side up living that that Pastor Herb talks about. It's sort of that spurring on that we need as iron sharpens iron, as man sharpens man, which is from Proverbs 27, 17. But then there's also a lot of people want to be lone ranger Christians. You know, and through this COVID issue, a lot of us got that way. We could watch it online and not go anywhere. We could watch it and not have to fellowship with anybody. But if you're like me and Terry, we've both said, there's something missing. There's absolutely something missing. And what was missing was being in fellowship with others. Huh? You were missing. All of you. New song was missing. See, we started watching a few different churches online during that time. But it was Pastor Herb and what he was saying that really struck a nerve with us and really caught us and brought us in. And we discussed it with him and and started coming here. It's amazing what this scripture does to us. And how it makes us to pause and think. But then yesterday afternoon, as we were continuing on this scripture, we stopped because of a, two friends of ours, their sister passed away. And they had the going home service online. So we stopped to watch, to watch it. It was an amazing service. Our pastor friend, Lois Lucas, the interim pastor up at at New Life Church of God in, in Pittsburgh here. She was the sister of the deceased. And during her time of sharing, she really didn't share anything personal about her sister, but she shared these Christian, adulting, maturity things that she witnessed in her sister. So we're going to share those each with you. There were, we're going to present them in the order that she did. We could have changed them a little to fit in into how we wanted to do the order, but it, it was just when we watched this service and she went started through this, it was just like one of those aha moments. Let's add this to the scripture. Let's add this to the sermon. So our first point is make God your priority 
and you will become God's priority. You know, I don't think we need to do much explaining here in Spiritual 101. It's, it's self-explanatory. It's hard. It's not easy. But it is very rewarding. I don't know if any of you saw the marquee when you come in, pulled into the parking lot this morning. How many of you did? How many of you didn't even look? <laughs> For those who didn't look, Terry's going to tell us what it said. Is God your first priority or your last resort? And we were like, oh. <laughs> What was God well, saying? Oh, well, if there's Texas sheet cake batter, you know. <laughs> but it was, it was God saying, okay, you're on track. And so we, we appreciated that message, um, and it fits to today's message as well. The second point was habitual prayer. Let me talk a little about this one, just something quick. Usually, during the week, I get up every morning at about a quarter to five, yeah, and I go walking, and even this last week with it so super cold out, I was, I was out walking. But I want to back up just a little to the last time we had our fast session here at New Song. Right before that fast session, God said, Randy, I want you to fast the first 25 minutes you get up and not go walking. I want you to go downstairs. I want you to be on your knees. I want you to pray. See, what well, I was praying and singing and during my time on the track, walking, but God said, no, I want you to be on your knees and praying for the, your first 25 minutes. See, at first I thought, this doesn't make sense. I'm praying. And I, but God said, no, I want you on your knees praying. That's habitual prayer, doing something. I'm still doing it today. It wasn't when our fast was over, I stopped. No, I still do it now. My first 25 minutes, I'm down on my knees. And you know what happens? It's now leaked into the weekend. It may not be at 5 o'clock in the morning, but it's when I get up. A lot of times it's still 6. <laughs> I don't stay in bed long, but, but I take that time. And at times, on my knees, praying. Sometimes it's singing. Sometimes it's reading scripture. Sometimes it's just doing the devotions. It's what God leads me to. But it's praying time. A time devoted to Him. That's what habitual prayer is all about. Oh, the next one. Something we've been doing here at New Song for a while. Memorizing scripture. You know... At 60-something, it's very hard. I know when I was younger, in, in teenage years, our, in youth group, we used to, probably once a month, have a different memory scripture verse. And I, I could remember those, and I got all those awards, you know, that you get in youth group for, for all those things, of having so many scriptures. Can I remember most of them? Not even today, I can't remember. I can somewhat get some of them, but not many of them. And it's hard even at 60. It takes effort. You know, it is putting it up on my computer monitor on a piece of tape. But scripture memory is very important. You see our Anne, which was the person who died, Anne had a piece of paper that she carried in her hand. 
And on that piece of paper was the scripture she was supposed to memorize. Whatever it was for that time. She had it always in her hand. Now the Israelites were told to put that scripture on their forehead and they wrapped it on their forehead and had it in, on their forehead. So we see throughout the Bible, scripture memory is very, very important. It's, it's getting that word in your mind and in your heart so that you can record it and recite it. Scripture. Spiritual adulting 101. Okay, the next one, um, what Anne would do is she had a list of names, and that included her sisters and her brothers and her cousins and her sisters, her nieces and nephews and friends, and she would literally sit down and call out the name. That's what they call it, call out the name of your loved ones. And so when Anne felt that God was going to be calling her home, what she did was she wrote the list out and gave it to both of her sisters and said, here's the list of names that I call out. And I want you to now start doing that too. Um, so that that continued, so that they would pray for, and not that they didn't, but this was very formalized and very thought out. But the one thing that she also did, not only did she pray for her sisters and their spouses and their kids and their kids' kids and any, you know, anybody that was really a part of her life, she also prayed for future generations. And so, you know, since we have a grandson, we would be praying for his children and his children's children and on down the line that they would know God and they would be spiritually adulting as they grew into life. And so that's really stuck with me. The last one that they mentioned, and this one to me is really hard, um, forget any pain anyone has caused you. Now, if you've made it through any portion of life, somebody has hurt you somehow. Some deeper than others. Some you can maybe pass off. Others, you know, we just really carry that baggage with us. But she wanted to not just forgive because the Bible tells us to forgive. But she wanted to also forget, not even remember that that person hurt me that badly. Um, she, Anne wanted to be so like Jesus because he doesn't remember anything we did either. And boy, I'll tell you what, we hurt him more than anybody hurts us. And he forgets, not just forgives, but he forgets, right? There's that sea of forgetfulness and it gets thrown way away and never remembered again. And that's what she wanted to be like. And so that was all spiritual adulting <laughs> beyond 101. The last one we're going to add, it wasn't part of the, the message that Pastor Lois was getting, but it, it added right into what she was. She went on to say some things, and this is what she was saying. She didn't make it a, a point, but this is what she was saying. We are to meet together. Sunday service, prayer meeting, men and women's Bible studies, our learning community. We're supposed to continue that on. I think we just said that back in Hebrews, didn't we? Let's meet together. Let's spur each other on. That's what God wants us to do. You know, when we looked at these questions, it was like, you know, it may seem like it's a little strange to ask people, where are you? 
But you know what? Each one of us needs to look at ourselves and see where are we? Where are we in our journey? Are we where we should be? Are we where God really thinks we should be? Sometimes we think we're where we should be. But where is it to God? We need to talk to God about it. Do we know what we're going to do about it? Do we know where we're going? All good questions that we need to look at. So where do we go from here? Well, we continue the journey. We continue the very often difficult uh, choice of spiritual adulting. (laughs) I personally continue to not eat the Texas sheet cake batter. And then beyond that, apply it to the rest of my life. That's just an easy, simple, difficult for me, but situation to understand. And um, we can, but we can apply that same Texas sheet cake situation to all the other areas in our life that we're challenged by as well. Pastor Herb usually tells us at the end of the message, what do we do with this? What stuck out to you? What is God saying about what stuck out to you? And what do you need to do in response? We all have our lives. And we can't measure our lives with anyone else in here. We can't say, I, want to be, I, I need to be this, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. It's your relationship with God. And what God's called you to do. And what God's wanting you to do. Maybe He's wanting you to be a teacher. Maybe that... that teachership hasn't opened yet but there are people around you that you're teaching you don't even know it just by the way you act or the way you talk or who you meet or how you greet someone we're always teaching there's always little eyes what's happening to us on the song that kids sung oh be careful little eyes what you see all adulting things people see what's happening when we were doing the prison ministry, we had one of the gentlemen in that come to our Bible study that was doing drugs on the weekend, and he had a bunch of kids, and he was a, a coach, and he told us that his kids and the kids that he coached didn't know what he was doing because he kept it secret from them from the weekend. They would go to bed, and then he would go and party. And we're going, you're not fooling anybody. They know what you're doing. And then after, after he pondered that for a little bit, he goes, you know, you're probably right. Because you know what? We only fool ourselves when we, when we look at that. God wants us to look at the truth and align up with the truth. And that's what our scripture tells us today. And that's what our Christian spiritual 101 adulting is all about. Aligning ourselves with God and doing what he calls us to do. So let's bow in prayer. (coughs) Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message that applies to each and every one of us. Father, you're an amazing God. Help each one of us to relook at it, to understand it, to take it upon ourselves, to see where we are, 
and where we should be and where we need to go from here. Father, you are an amazing God. And we love you so. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. Okay, let's take a look at the...